This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 448 of the Stable Scoop Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are the Fairfield Inn, North Lexington, Kentucky, Horselovers.com, and Road to the Horse. Today on the show, we have Nick from the Make It Snappy Show with the productivity tip of the week, and we're talking about delegation, delegating things. And then we have, uh, called away from Australia, we have Lyndall Pynchon, and she is of Canine Vitality. We're going to be talking a little bit about dogs today. All of us horse people, we have dogs, some of us more dogs than horses. So so we're going to chat about that and health and, and uh, hopefully a lot of other things. And then we're, I just want to talk to you a little bit about Road to the Horse as well. All coming up on today's show. Welcome to the Stable School, where weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, howdy, Helena. Howdy, Glenn. We have a big show today. Yes, we are not wasting any time, are we? We are going to dive in the deep end of the pool. Well, it's a productivity episode, so right. we're going to be super right. efficient productive. and productive. <laughs> Which we don't do very well, so we actually no. have... Before the episode started, we were like, we have to be productive. We have to... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so let's do we that. To be right after this word from Horse... Look, this is going to be the fastest start to a show we have done in nine years. On your mark, get set, go! It's time for our productivity tip of the month with Nick Snap host of the Make It Snappy Productivity Show. Our first segment of the week is one of my favorites. We have Nick Snap from the Make It Snappy Show, and he's going to talk productivity with us this week. Hi, Nick. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Helena. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad I'm one of your favorites. You really are. <laughs> she you says that to everybody, special. Nick. I, I do not. <laughs> no, because Nick has actual tips that I can take and incorporate into my life and they make my life better. And I think that's the whole point. Yeah, that's right. We're here to help Helena today, Nick. That's what it's all about. Hey, I'll do what I can. What, what are we talking about today? Today I wanted to talk to you about effective delegation. As in giving the job to somebody else to do? Yes. All that stuff that you don't like to do. I mean, not all the stuff, but the stuff within reason that you don't like to do. How to do that effectively. Because I've learned recently, especially recently, that you just can't throw more bodies at something and expect it to work. You've actually got to go through a little bit of a process on on how to delegate. And it's not as hard as you might think. So, Well, we like to complain about it a lot. Weren't we just having <laughs> this conversation yesterday, Helena? Yeah. This we, exact and, and conversation. It is. So do you want to hear our problem with delegating or do you want to tell us how we should delegate first? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's do a little uh, workshop. <laughs> 
So for those of us who wear a lot of hats, uh, we're freelancers or we, uh, we run the show and we have to do a lot of different things. It's really hard to hand off a task to somebody else when, first of all, the learning curve is steep. So you have to devote a certain amount of time to teaching that person the task and making sure right. they do it to your level of standards. And the right. other thing is a lot of times you have to babysit that person. Mm-hmm. and uh, things you, we just, I know Glenn and I say this all the time. If you want it done right, you just have to do it yourself. And it's really hard to let go of those two attitudes. Oh my God, I don't have the time to teach this person how to do what I want to do. Right. And I really, I don't have the time or the patience to micromanage them once I've delegated. It's hard to let okay, go. Okay, so, and, and then there's the control freak aspect, it sounds like. <laughs> Thanks a lot, <laughs> Which is fine. I'm glad you said it and I didn't. I'm glad. <laughs> oh my God. Although I have the, the same problem. I, I can't Anybody throw Helena under me? this I'll bus. Be, I'll be making snacks <laughs> with the big yellow bus. Helena and I are both under the bus. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm the all. same as her. We had the exact same problem. We discussed this yesterday. It's funny you bring this up. Oh, well, cool. How do we do it? How do we fight those attitudes and, and actually start delegating with success? Well, I think one of the key things that people miss is that you assume that the person you're delegating it to knows, has a general sense or knows close to what we know about the subject. So when we talk about things, we don't break it down as if it's, um, as if it's your grandmother or your 12 year old, you know? So when I, when I delegate something, one of the, the coolest hacks that I've learned to discover is I use my screen, especially if it's something on the computer. So let's just start with the computer aspect. If it's something you do on the computer, like scheduling, booking, anything like that, using a platform like Zoom uh, or another screen capture software where you walk them through, in your own words, you actually do it in front of them. You capture that video. And then uh, as an additional bonus on that, after whatever it is I'm trying to do, like I did it just now, and this is really, really fresh in my mind because I'm going through a product launch and there's all this admin stuff that, I mean, I didn't realize I had to do. So in my day-to-day tasks, there's a lot of repetitive things and developing my processes, my procedures for getting those things are kind of, they're done and they're autopilot. But when I'm doing new stuff, I'm realizing there's a lot of stuff that I can do. So I take that extra few minutes because I have a virtual assistant and I just did this recently where I was like, okay, I need to schedule all these different um, meetings that I don't know when everybody's available, what their times are. So I went into Doodle which is another good hack. If you have a group that you need to get together and you, you put in your windows of time available for whatever that particular meeting is. And then you have them go in there and you, they select what times they're available. I didn't want to do all that because I had to set up like five or six of these different meetings. So I trained my VA on how to use doodle, how to go into my doodle account and how to use that. And it took me about 10 minutes to record a little video and he has all the information that he needs. Now, as a backup to that, one thing you can do to the person that you're delegating to is you can ask them after they've watched the video to write out the process for you, for you to review. That way you get a good understanding as to whether they understand all the little steps. And then you see it out in front of you too. So it's right there. It's, it's, if there's, if like your process is broken, then you could actually see it written out because you're like, this is how somebody else is interpreting it. So that's been an easy little hack for me to teach little admin things to my virtual assistant. And it's much better than just putting a process down on paper uh, or in black and white and handing it off to somebody and say, follow these steps. Because when they, when you have, first of all, you have the conversation in person and then you ask them to write it down for you or their interpretation of it. We all know that we learn when we write, when you commit something to memory, 
you, you're learning it for a second time. So it really helps the person that who's assisting you as Definitely, well. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't just need to be like over the internet doing a screen capture and then having them write it down and send it back to you. You can do that face to face with right. whatever it is, asking them to go ahead and repeat that. Not even repeat that back to like, do write it down. Okay. Now that I've told you what to do, what is your process going to be? Um, and then the other, the other thing that uh, people mess up with a lot on delegation, this goes for accountability too, because accountability is definitely my thing, is that you don't set those clear deadlines, those target dates of when you need things done. So you just kind of leave it open and their interpretation might be that you need to get it done in a few days and you might need them to get it done by the end of the day or in like a few hours or whatever. So being very clear about when they need to have what specific deliverable there for you, like outlining exactly what it is they need to do by when, that's a key component that'll save so much stress and so much back and forth. I like this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things we no, talked about yesterday was the in our world, the horse world, like if I'm, I'm finding somebody to help out with the Horse Radio Network, I can't get somebody from the Philippines to assist with that because we truly need people that know about horse stuff. Mm-hmm. It can't yeah. be somebody that doesn't know about horse stuff. It just, it won't work. Um, so, so that complicates it a little bit uh, in our case. Now, it's not saying there aren't horse people out there, but, you know, I know all these people are, are, are going the, the VA route and they're all offshore, but that, that's something that we don't necessarily have the luxury to do because of the nature of what we do. Yeah, well, VA doesn't necessarily mean offshore. It could be right, right. I, I, too. I understand. So that's not there. That's the ones I always mm-hmm. see. You know, everybody posting. I got this great VA, and they're the Philippines. Those are the affordable. Yeah, ones. yeah exactly. Let's, let's just right. call it what it is. Yeah, Those the five dollar right. ones. ones. Yeah, exactly. We're all trying to improve our profit margins here, and so, um, and that's the other thing. Um, you know, there's there are times when you say, I can't afford, whether it's in time or in money to delegate this task to somebody else. But there there comes a point, and I'm very interested to know what you think about this, Nick, there comes a point where it costs you more to not get it done than it is to pay somebody else to do it. So even just Mm. outsourcing, for example, um, post-production podcast editing, you know, I'm starting to get to a point where I have to think maybe it's going to be less expensive for me to pay someone to do it than to suck up the time to do it myself. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's just, that's an opportunity cost. And knowing what the value of your personal time is, is huge. So if you know you have an opportunity to make $250 an hour or whatever it might be, and you could pay somebody seven or 11 or 30, yep. then, and you're, you're confident that if you were to spend that time doing those, those value add, those um, return on invested type of activities, then by all means, it's a no brainer. Okay, that's Nick, what good, are you doing later? We have a lot of stuff. Confident. We have a lot of stuff to send over. What are you doing later? <laughs> <laughs> what am I personally doing? I'll probably delegate. If you send them all my stuff, I'll figure out a way to delegate it. To you. <laughs> well, this is all good. And, you know, this is so timely and it's something that I am dealing with right now. And, and it is, it is, there's two, there, there is twofold to this decision every time. One is money and one is time. Th- that comes up every time. And it's how, and the unknown with this one, it's what Helene and I talked about yesterday. The unknown is if I spend the money, Forget time. If I spend the money, I know that I can make it up and probably make more, but that's the unknown, right? Right. So Definitely. you you know what you're spending now, and I know I'm going to spend more, but I can make more because I'll, I can have more time, in my case, to sell ads and do that side of the business. Uh, but you don't, you're not guaranteed that you're actually going to be successful at that, and that's where the fear comes in. 
That's right. Yeah, that's why you need a buffer a cushion yeah. to test that theory. Yeah. And and have enough in there to to take the hit if you need to take the hit. Well, but, it, that's hey, good look, because nope. Helena volunteered to do it for free for about two months. So um. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, I, I believe that was a barter offer, Mister. <laughs> you're gonna get it. Nick, where can people find you? They can go to Nick at makeasnappyshow.com or just go to makeasnappyshow.com forward slash podcast to listen to my show. And I'd love to hear the feedback. All right. Very good. We appreciate it, Nick. Thank you so much. I know you've helped me a lot, both my email and especially the email. I talked to you about that at PodFest. You know, it just, <laughs> yeah, I can't tell sure. you how much you've helped me. So that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. And it's free advice, people. We're not That's charging right. you a dime. And it's really good advice. This yeah. isn't stuff, this isn't like pie in the sky. This is everyday, practical, easy to digest advice. Very That's good. What I try to do. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. All right. Bye, Talk Nick. To you later. Bye. We all get in a rut when it comes to shopping for horse supplies online. If you have not tried horselovers.com yet, then you are missing out on one of the world's largest online tack shops and all the best brands like Noble Outfitters, Ariat, Turn 2, Tough One, Professionals Choice, Weaver, and many, many more. Visit horselovers.com every day to see their daily deals and flash sales. Horselovers.com has everything for the Western and trail rider. So get on over to horselovers.com today and save. Fairfield Inn and Suites North by Marriott Lexington is the ideal hotel for you as they are the closest hotel to the Kentucky Horse Park. They have the most spacious guest rooms and suites in the area, and they're only four miles from downtown Lexington. Fairfield Inn and Suites North offers complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi throughout the hotel, free parking, a business center, an indoor swimming pool and jacuzzi, an outdoor patio with grill, laundry facilities, and much more. You get hungry, Cracker Barrel is located right next door, and there are four other dining options available within walking distance for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Of course, Lexington is known for the Kentucky Horse Park, University of Kentucky, Keeneland, and the historical Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Enjoy a terrific hotel experience while you're touring Lexington. There's no denying that the Lexington North Fairfield Inn & Suites is the best value in town and will meet all your hospitality needs. Just Google Fairfield in North Lexington and make your reservations today. Well, we're going to switch gears a little bit here, Helena, on the show today, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about canines. You know, we all have dogs that have horses, and many of us multiple dogs that have horses, and <laughs> it's something I don't think we've talked about enough on on the show over the years. But we're also, I mean, what we're going to talk about today really applies to to any animal and to humans too. We're speaking with Lyndall Pynchon, and she is of Canine Vitality out of Australia. Hi, Lyndall. Hi there, Glenn. How are you? Hi, Helena. <laughs> Good. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm going to throw you on. I'm not going to throw you under the bus. I'm going to give you credit for getting up so darn early. It's like 4:30 her time in the morning to get up to talk to us. So we really appreciate that. That's my pleasure. As I said, you'll have to just listen to my morning, my morning voice. <laughs> That's all right. As long as you got some coffee, we're good. Now, yeah. <laughs> tell us what you do exactly. 
Well, Glenn, I'm an, um, in, in Australia, it's called an animal naturopath. So um, essentially, my background is um, as a, a naturopath for people. So I did that for about 25 years. But in the last um, seven or eight years, I retrained about 10 years ago to become an animal naturopath. So essentially, what that means is that I work predominantly with dogs um, holistically so that means I uh, work one-on-one with clients to help their dogs overcome chronic health problems or uh, general health issues things that generally are not being uh, treated effectively through conventional uh, veterinary uh, channels and so I'm using a lot of uh, I, I focus my work around raw feeding uh, herbal medicine nutritional supplements homeopathics flower essences all these sorts of natural wonderful natural medicines that can really help rebalance um, uh, the dog's body to help overcome these chronic issues that as I said they just are not they're not responding to conventional treatments so it's wonderful work I get uh, you know I get to work with dogs every day so who wouldn't want to do that <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun. I like doing it. It's lo- it's great work. One of the hosts here on the Horse Radio Network is Dr. Wendy Ying, and she's a veterinarian and a traditional Chinese medicine doctor. She actually has her uh, master's degree in that. So you know, we we get a chance every once in a while to talk about herbs and to talk about acupuncture and and all of the non traditional uh, solutions to problems. And uh, you know what it. I'm not too sure before I got to know Wendy that I was totally a believer, but I'll tell you two things that happened with me is one, I got to know Wendy and got to see it work when she was working with animals. And the second thing is having chronic Lyme disease, diet and actually diet and herbs and the the things I use to address that are all not medically related. So, you know, so I'm totally a believer now that that especially diet. I mean, diet's a huge one. Diet is, is a huge one. I mean, even, you know, my husband with having multiple sclerosis, the biggest change in his disease progression has been what he puts in his mouth, what he he eats. Um and you know, it's the same thing with horses. One of the things that I get compliments all the time about is how healthy my horses are, even my super senior horse. And it all comes down, even their feet, you know, their coat, their eyes, their feet, their immune system. It all comes down to what I put in their bodies. And, um, you know, and it's, and it's nothing medical. It's, it's not pharmaceutical. It's the certain kinds of grasses and basically it's herbs and flowers and right. And some sunshine. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's exactly the same with dogs as well. I mean, I think the problem we see or the problem I see, um, and you may have the same issue over the, uh, in the States, is that most of the time people are basing their um, their feeding regimes around commercial foods. And, of course, we know that dogs are not uh, built to eat these sorts of foods. They're not, you know, we if we look to Mother Nature, we see that dogs uh, are anatomically designed for, to eat a diet of meat and bone. You know, that's how they're built. They're not built like humans. So um, when we start to put these commercial foods into their bodies, which are full of grains and preservatives and all sorts of things that dogs would never intend, you know, they're never uh, designed to eat. Uh, this is where we start to see the issues. We start to see... Um, the initial it'll start off as little niggly things, you know, like uh, might be the coat, the coat starts to become a bit dull or they might get a minor rash or they may get a little bit of diarrhea or something like that. And then this develops over time into these 
very very significant chronic issues that that we're seeing and they're very similar to the things that we face as humans so um, nutrition is absolutely paramount that's the very first place that I always start with with all my clients is to try and get them on a natural diet and this uh, alone can often just uh, eliminate many of the problems often you know usually you have to do other things but if you can get the diet going right you're going to see some significant um, improvements in your whatever animal you've got whether it's a dog a cat a horse a, a giraffe it doesn't matter what animal you've got it, it will re- improve on the on the right diet so it's very important for sure mm. the hard part about that is is okay i'm going to play the person sitting here listening to this now at home who who really hates to even cook for themselves and the family um and who's busy and and doesn't have time and going to see the horse and all of that stuff and now you either have to cook for your dog or you have to buy the one of the problems with the with the with the food that's available that is good for them is it's hugely expensive. And so we, there's two huge negatives. How do you overcome those negatives uh, when you're talking to people? Yeah, uh, you, you're right, Glenn. I think the first thing is that we're all time poor. You know, I mean, I'm time poor. Everyone's time poor. Um, but I think the thing to remember, firstly, from that perspective, is that once you get into a routine with raw feeding, and it's it's not a, it's not rocket science. There's a few simple guidelines to to um, to follow. Once you you get that under your belt, it actually is 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 pretty. Um, it, it, you know, it's pretty simple, pretty fast. So if we break that down really quickly for a dog, that's basically, um, and I'm basing this on what I would feed my own um, dogs, is giving them a bone in the morning. So that's something that you can just essentially pull out of the freezer, defrost and give that to them in the morning. And then at night, their main meal would consist usually of a combination of some um, what we call muscle meat, meat um, pieces and some uh, pureed vegetables or alternatively you can use um, a product uh, such as a bath product which is like a pre-made um, bath just standing for biologically appropriate raw food a pre-made uh, frozen um, all-in-one put together product for you now in Australia we have um, I work with a lady named Jenny Goldsby who produces the complete meal and this is fantastic it's all done for you you essentially just defrost it and put it in the um put it into the into the bowl and feed it um, but if you're not doing that you can just also simply put together some you know a combination of meat and some vegetables there are some simple guidelines to doing that um, and that formula forms the basis of the diet now in terms of cost um, sometimes initially you're going to see a little bit more cost in um, the costing factor will be a little bit higher initially uh, to put together this this raw diet. But what I always say to clients is that what we're looking at here is the long-term investment. Um, it's not just so much about that short-term, what it costs you day-to-day, but what we're saving on here, Glenn, are thousands of dollars in vet bills um, in unnecessarily unnecessary uh, medication surgeries, all these sorts of things. You know, once you get your dog on the right diet, um, you are going to be saving yourself a lot of money in the long term. Um, my dogs are eight and seven and they, they just don't go to the vets. They don't get sick. <laughs> so although I may put the money into their food, um, I'm not spending it in other ways where they may need uh, thousands of dollars worth of medication, surgeries, interventions, testing, all these sorts of things because they have these um, health issues that might be coming up. So I think that that's, uh, that's the long-term, it's a, it's a long-term, you know, the bigger picture sort of thing when you're looking at it. So, yeah. 
You know, I had a newfie for, uh, she was 13 and a half years. Uh, she lived to be 13 and a half years old and never had a medical problem, never had a, a health problem until the day she died, honestly. And I would also often ask the vet, you know, what, um, especially when she got to be And that's older, really old for a dog that size. <laughs> it is really yeah. old for a dog that size. And so, you know, I would, I would say, Tim, and this was before we, we really knew what raw diets could do for dogs overall health. But, um, I always fed her vegetable choppings, you know, whatever we were making for dinner, she would have the stuff that we didn't really want to eat. You know, I'd cut up broccoli and radishes and she would eat green tomatoes out of the garden before <laughs> it would just used to drive us crazy. Um, she would pull radishes up out of the garden and she would eat just the radish, but leave the leaves. It was pretty funny. But the vet had said at the time that it was probably because of the high vegetable content in her diet. She the, she was basically getting these antioxidants from the time she was you know six months old until the time she died, and that that was probably the number one factor that contributed to her longevity. And um, she ultimately died of a heart problem, which was it's typical of the breed. But um, you know I. So I, th I think about that all the time. And really what we're talking about is um, just eliminating all of this processing and junk and going down to, I mean, I guess raw and pure might be used Yeah, but doesn't vegetables go against what Linda was just saying with, with, with basically dogs that eat a meat diet? Well, but that's just it. I mean, if it's just vegetables, it's one thing. If it's just meat, I mean, I don't know. That's, well, Linda, he, what, what would you say to that? Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, look, absolutely. The predominant diet needs to be based around meat and bone, but we also know that it's, um, you know, I, in a real world, we can't be offering our our dogs, um, you know, a whole animal. It's not practical for most people to go and actually offer the... And it's the gross. That's a bad. And it's yeah, gross. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's pretty icky. Um, so, all, you know, although, you know, we, have, we would have plenty of access to animals in Australia in that way, we certainly don't want to be doing that. So the vegetable content, like Helena was saying, it's very high in antioxidants antioxidants and of course high in chlorophyll and fiber and other things that um, trace nutrients that dogs need that they may not get from meat and bones so a small portion of that diet um, becomes uh, uh, what we call you know that it's the carbohydrate section but it's not as, uh, the carbohydrate portion but it's not carbohydrates in the sense of grains and and those sorts of carbohydrates we're talking plant matter which is um, right. you know an important part so really I look at plant matter as being um, those the, the, the little bit that the dog can't get from the meat and bone, it just sort of fills in all those nutritional cracks and gaps and, um, yeah, absolutely. And and making, as long as those vegetables are prepared, well, as long as they're pureed down or, you know, that one of the best things that you can do is if you're a, the sort of person who loves to make a juice for yourself, um, you know, with a veg, lovely veggie juice, all that beautiful vegetable pulp that you get from your juice, uh, you can actually be giving some of that to your dog. That's an ideal thing to add in with their meat and, and, um, mm. and their bones. So, yeah, a very important part of the diet, a small part but important part. Well, Linda, Denise, uh, who's our guest wrangler here, who actually booked you, I think, had a question. Okay. She wanted to know, I'd love to hear her thoughts on addressing allergies in dogs, particularly skin allergies. And I know a oh. lot of our listeners have talked about that on our Facebook pages at times. Where, what predominantly causes the skin allergies? And, and, you know, is there one predominant thing? I know there's a lot of things that can, but what do Besides you see most fleas. often? Yeah. Besides fleas. Mm -hmm. let's, let's throw fleas out the window here. 
Literally, we want to do that anyway. So I mean, I yeah. know that flea, you know, because we, you really have to get rid of the fleas before you can get rid of the dog's reaction to them. Right. But, yeah. you know, aside from fleas. Yeah, look, and, and what you have to remember um, with an allergy is that uh, it could be an allergy to fleas. It could be a con- what we call a contact allergy. So that's an allergy to something that the dog actually comes in contact with, like the grass or something like that, or an airborne allergy. It really doesn't matter. Um, ultimately, what we need to do when we're dr- uh, dealing with an, an allergy that presents on the skin is look within. So if we have a look at what's going on inside the dog's digestive system and how that's influencing the entire system, that's where uh, you know, that's the clue. So I'm, I'm very big on treating what's called gut immunity. So we know that about 80% of our dog's immune system actually is in that gut tissue, in the, in the, actually it's in the small intestine. And essentially that governs the overall immune response. So if your dog's gut is a little bit out of balance, there's a good chance that there's going to be a potential to develop an allergy that appears to be on the skin. And this is because of this influence of the, um, the the digestive system over that immune response. Now, what will throw out balance? It'll be things like the wrong type of diet, so processed foods, which, which we've just touched on. Um, a lot of vaccinations will do it because that messes around with the um, immune system. A lot of chemical products, so the chemical flea tick and worming products that your listeners might be using monthly, or I'm not sure how they use them in the States, but over here we use them monthly. Um, It could be stress if your dog's very stressed, or it could be just general general medications, antibiotics, steroids, which are commonly prescribed for these sorts of problems, unfortunately. So all of these things damage the gut. Now, once the gut gets damaged, we can... Uh, see a problem that develops called leaky gut syndrome and we don't have time to go into that here but essentially what that means is that it it can um, really start to uh, set up a pattern of, of allergies and toxicity in the system so um, what be, what started out as a gut problem now becomes a skin problem an allergy problem so once we start to work with the gut and we start to heal the gut which is always my first place of uh, my starting point with treatment with these problems we start to see a lessening of these symptoms and in some cases an, a complete resolution um, with other dogs it's more a management thing depending on how bad they are but yeah it's really um, it really does come back to what is going on in the gut and that is um, really paramount in that in that situation. Really, any situation with chronic health to to get on top of it is is gut health. So, yeah. So when when back in my day when I was working with dogs, the first thing we did with with anything that had to do with inflammation and, and gut health is you you stop everything, you remove everything, and then slowly introduce stuff back into the dog's diet. And we always started with some kind of rice and chicken. Um, is that still sort of the, the standard operating procedure when you're trying to deal with these things? Uh, certainly from a veterinary perspective, I know they still work around elimination diets. I probably come at it a little bit differently, Helena. I, um, I do work to do detoxification regimes, which involve the gut and, and other parts of the body. But what I tend to do is I, because the majority of dogs I see are, are, are coming to me from a processed uh, diet. So the first thing that I do is I will put them onto a raw diet, but depending on their symptoms, I will usually 
uh, pick just one protein. So, um, for example, it might be um, we tend to use uh, goat a lot. Um, and I talked about the complete meal before, so I tend to put them onto uh, this complete meal that is usually goat or it might be kangaroo. Um, these are usually proteins that are a little bit what we call novel proteins. So they're, they're ones that the dog may never have come in contact with before and I use I use bone broth a lot I find that extremely helpful um, with this whole process of healing the gut but yes putting them down to just one protein and essentially um, cleaning up cleaning up the diet and, and streamlining it um, I, I don't I'm not a big fan of doing the elimination diets although as I said I know most of it will will tend to do that um, I tend to work a little bit differently and I find that I get the, I, I do get the results because often when we talk about allergies a true food allergy is not necessarily that common in dogs but what we are seeing as I said before with these gut issues is that when the dog is carrying a lot of toxic load this will mm. tend to mimic an allergy state so what you're thinking is an allergy may not be a true allergy it may be more an intolerance to something that's coming into the dog's body um, and so once we clean that gut up we sort uh, we balance things out we detox the dog many of these as I said so-called allergy symptoms do um, do settle and resolve or, or absolutely go down to a minimum level so how long yeah. does it usually take to um, to reverse that you know when you when you start them on your diet how long before you know that it's working yeah look um I always give clients a framework of three months. That's my that's my acute phase of treatment. Sometimes I see results really quickly within a matter of a couple of weeks or something. We're seeing some, like I did recently with a dog, she lady I saw with a dog with a skin rash and um, put her on a regime and within two weeks it had, the skin had, had Know, virtually healed itself but generally three months um, and it can be for some dogs particularly these dogs that have that have been um, chronically um, supposedly allergic to everything in their life for many years um, and they've had lots of uh, medication interventions and things like that this could be six to twelve months to get um, a complete resolution or a complete uh, to get a real really um, stable pattern but three months is a really good block of time for me to be able to ascertain where the dog's at where what's uh, what we need to work with with at that point at the end of the three months time if anything um, and then they uh, I move them on to a maintenance regime which um, you know essentially is that just to maintain where they're at um, and then we can move on from there. But yeah, look, the three month three months is a good framework for most of these sorts of things. Where can people go? What What would you recommend if they were to find a resource, a book, or a website that you think is pretty accurate about all of this? What would you tell them? Yeah, look, um, there's so much information out there on the internet that can be really confusing. You know, one of the um, one of the best resources I've found and and um, not an Australian-based one, of course, but I think they're based in Canada, is Dogs Naturally magazine. And they are a really great source of information on, and they're always also on the cutting edge of a lot of these um, these sorts of things. So they bring the latest information that's available um, on anything holistic. And you can subscribe to them online, of course, and you also can um, 
can subscribe to a hard copy of their magazine, which is fantastic. And I always get some great information from them because being in Australia, unfortunately, we're a little behind the times in these things. We're not quite – it's very, very niche market in Australia, holistic medicine for dogs. So I'm, you know, sort of uh, one of the only ones in Australia doing this sort of work. So it's um, – you know, I do have to look outside of my country to get to get um, information. And Dogs Naturally magazines are always a great source. And of course, people can always come and have a look at my website and talk to me about what um, what I do, which is um, uh, caninevitality.com.au. And uh, that's obviously I can always help them from that perspective. They can email me and um, find out some more information about what I do as well. Thank you, Linda. We appreciate you getting up early and joining us today. It was a no pleasure. Worries. No worries at all. I appreciate your time. Road to the Horse is right around the corner, and the Horse Radio Network is proud to once again be the premier radio network covering the event with Horseware as our title sponsor. On March 23rd to March 26th, four of the finest female trainers in the world will gather in the world's leading colt starting competition. With the help of my amazing, knowledgeable co-host Tara Carter, we will bring you all the action from ringside at the Kentucky Horse Park. Listen live or recorded to Horses in the Morning on Friday the 23rd and Saturday the 24th at 9 a.m. And then, for the second time, we will be bringing you the only free coverage of the finals on Sunday the 25th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. The best way to listen is on the Horse Radio Network app. Just go to iOS or Android app stores and search Horse Radio Network or visit horseradionetwork.com. Thanks to all our terrific sponsors for making this happen. Horseware, Cashel Products, Cavallo Boots, Horse Lovers, and Enjoy Yums. Visit RoadToTheHorse.com to learn more. Well, this is normally the spot we would put the Tack and Habit segment brought to you by Horselovers.com. But the products are now just being assigned out to the auditors for this year. And you still have a chance. If you haven't become an auditor and you want to have a chance at getting one of these products for free and reviewing it here on the show and hanging out with Helene and I, which should be your biggest reward, then uh, you can just sign up to be an auditor. Head over to StableScoop.com. Click on the auditor banner in the middle of the page. And for as little as a dollar a month, you too can become an auditor. I think we've had what seems like 20 new auditors in the last two weeks. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, come I in. like the new auditors. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I should explain too, uh, Helena will thank you for this too. What happens is half of that money that we get every month goes back and gets divided amongst the uh, hosts of our of, of the Horse Radio Network owned shows, which is like Helena. So Helena's been actually seeing a raise in her paycheck every month, and that's because of you guys. Um, you guys are directly helping support the host. They do not make a lot of money doing this. Um, <laughs> Not basically enough for a bale of hay. For that, for that matter, we don't make a lot of money doing this. Nobody makes a lot of money doing podcasting. So it really is a help. And I know that the hosts truly appreciate it. And that includes Jamie and Reese and Philip and Wendy. Uh, they all appreciate it, your support. You know what? It does cover, it, it covers just enough to keep us coming back. Like, yeah. uh, you know, if so many times I've said I need to go back to the corporate world and my husband is like, oh, no, you don't. 
you just sit right down in front of that microphone and uh, get yourself some more auditors. <laughs> but, you know, it is important. And, and we value the auditors and, and they have their own room and it's a lot of fun. And they get little perks like this. And we're doing a fun thing. I don't know if you noticed, Alina, this time to sign out the products instead of me just posting the auditor room and the first one to respond gets it. I'm mm-hmm. doing trivia nights where I come on Facebook Live and hang out with the auditors doing trivia and then they have to answer the trivia question to get the review product. And it's been a whole lot of fun. I've, I've been hanging out with like 50 auditors <laughs> uh, a couple of nights, and we're going to do more of those. So you still have a chance to get in. We haven't assigned out all the products yet. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely, you know, sign up to be an auditor if you want to be part of that cool community there. Well, that's it for this week. Um, you can find all of our show notes and all the past episodes, all 4,000 of them, at stablescoop.com. Seems that way sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so it's only been 448, but not. It years. must be like 4,000 minutes. Yeah. It must be 4, <laughs> I bet you it's a lot more than that, even. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. We'll be back again next week. And also, don't forget that we have uh, Road to the Horse coverage coming up. Uh, as it said in the commercial, we're going to be doing uh, on the horses in the morning feed, we'll be doing. Six hours of live Road to the Horse coverage on the tw- starting the 24th of uh, this month. I'll be at the Kentucky Horse Park again in my little glass cube. Uh, and, you know, I'm so excited, Alina. I got Tara Carter coming on, who's a wife of one of the past competitors. Mary was busy this year, Mary Kitzmiller, and she's coming on. And she, you know, she's been a pen wrangler. She, she trains ranch horses, and she's super sweet and has the best southern accent. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun doing it this year, and we hope that you join us for the coverage there and helena can be found at you can find me all, all over the place no actually you can find me go to that newportshow.com that's where i spend whatever time i'm not spending with and she radio. just had her first anniversary show we did yep that newport show is one year old um in fact i'm working on episode 53 right now that so we've got a lot of fun believe. things going on there i know because i you know i remember you it was like yesterday you said i'm going to start this show about newport <laughs> It's like, it like yesterday. Yeah. But no, I believe it was, Helena, you need to start a show. Yeah, okay. Might you have been my do fault. your own podcast. <laughs> this was after PodFest. I'm like, Glenn, this stuff is pretty cool. And he was like, you need to just do your own show. Well, yeah. you had been doing it with me for so long. You needed to get away from me for a little bit. That was and perfect. And then hang out really, with Buck. And really <laughs> starting my own show didn't give me any more distance from you. No, that's true. <laughs> it just gave me more reasons to call you and pester you. <laughs> but you got to hang hours. out with Buck. I do get to hang yeah. out with Buck. It's a lot of fun. Let me tell you the research. How is that it we doing do it for- with your bow? It's wonderful. You know, it really, and because we talk a lot about relationships on our show. Yeah, you do. I mean, you guys do. that's pretty, that's half of it. Half of it applies to anybody in the world. Cause it's all about, you know, how to balance life and love and relationships and family. And then the other half is specific to Newport. So, you know, if Buck and I get into a fight, and we're going to be, because uh, we do sometimes, we have these little disagreements, you know, and then we're supposed to record that day or something. I'm like, oh, I don't want to record with him right now. <laughs> How am I supposed to bring the juice of all this rosy love? But what happens is, you know, we're like, listen, this, we need to sit down and really figure out how we're going to work through this little issue. And because we have a show to record and this show is about Two people who have worked very, very hard at having a healthy love relationship. So 
let's put our big girl pants on and figure out what we need to do. And drinking and, and eating their way through Newport. <laughs> the drinking helps, especially <laughs> when we have one of those little disagreements. But it's definitely inspiration. Uh, getting Having to get in front of the microphone is definite inspiration for making sure we work through our problems. You know, it's put your money where your mouth is. I'm so lucky. I have I have like 20, what, what is it now? 25 people. Uh, I have 25 women in my life that I love to hang out with every <laughs> once in a while. And then I'm done. You know, it's like the perfect relationship like you and I have. Dude, we hang out just, for two hours a week. I have, we hang out for two hours a week. It's the perfect friendship, right? Two hours a week, we get all caught up and then we're good till next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. I got nothing. You just, you just shut me down right there. I have about 25 women friends. Spend a little bit of time with them, then we're done. Then and we're then done. we can right. next week. I, there has to be some new kind of flag in iTunes for that content. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Happy scooping. <laughs>